following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. Okay, let's get into the Gospel of John again, chapter 17. Reminder, this is the prayer of Jesus. Um, It is often said that, uh, you know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, is the Lord's Prayer. And it's not wrong to say that, but I believe that this is also the Lord's Prayer, and even more so because the whole chapter is a prayer of Jesus to God his Father. And it's about you and I. We established that last week. You remember? And we're going to start there in verse, let's read it. Let's just get right into it. John chapter 17, verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also whom you have gave me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me from the foundation of the world." O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you have sent me. And I have declared to them your name, and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them, and I in them. You remember last week we read the first part of the prayer, as well as this portion, and we made it very clear that the whole prayer is about us, you that are here in the room, but it was also about the thousands and thousands and thousands of disciples that have gone on ahead of you. And it was about the disciples that were there in the room, which was 11 at that time because Judas had just left. That's why Jesus prays in such a way that's kind of futuristic. It's like in his mind, this is done now. Things are set in motion. The cross is inevitable. He's made up his mind even though he wrestles through some things in the garden. The reality is that to him it's done. God's like that, you know. He calls the thing that be not as though it were because he knows it's going to be. It's one of the secrets to prayer is get into the place do you know what God is going to do and then ask him to do that. That's a pretty safe prayer. And Jesus prays a really safe prayer right here. And I want you to notice that in two occasions he said that the world will know that you sent me. And there's two attributes that he says will cause the world to know that you sent me. And the first one is this thing of oneness. That they would be one, Father, as you and I are one. That's why I just shared what I did about knowing those who labor among us. We want to know that we're one. It's important. 
But here's what I think we sometimes misunderstand about that scripture. I don't believe it just means that you and I here in this room, plus those who are normally here, plus those watching online, that we would all be one. I believe, he said, oh, let me read it. I pray not only for these alone, but also those who will believe in me through their name, that they all may be one. I believe his prayer was that you and I would be one with the author of this particular book, John the Apostle. I believe that he was praying that you and I would be one with an apostle that would come a little later on, born out of due time and due sea, but in due season, the apostle Paul. I believe he was praying that there would be a church that was so one and it crossed all lines of time and space so that we could be one. Do you know how amazing it is that we're sitting in this room reading some words that uh, one of the original apostles wrote some 1900 plus years ago? It's amazing. This, you need to understand, this is part of the answer to the prayer of Jesus. This can make me one with John. He's one of my favorites. He's a mystic. He's, he's a seer. He's, he's, you read his writing in the epistles, and it's like, what did he just say? You got to think. He doesn't write like the others because he's different than the others. But we're one with them. But I love the writings of the Apostle Paul too and I'm one with him and with Peter and, and James and the other writers. We are one. That's why we use this as our guidebook. This is why when it comes to having procedures in place, we look at what, well, what did, what did the guys way back then? Well, and we can say, well, that's, that, 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 that's not culturally relevant now. Yes, it is. Now, there are things that aren't, portions of it. But when it comes, we were sitting in an elders meeting just this past week. And we were talking about some procedural manner, matters. And Renee said, I'm so thankful the Bible tells us how to lead the church. <laughs> Can I just say, I'm so thankful the Bible tells us how to lead the church. Why? Because we're one with the guys who established it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're one with the first fruits. And so he prays that we would all be one, even as the Father and the Son are one. That seems like a big order, but it really isn't. It doesn't mean that we agree on everything. It just means that we have connection. In the next few weeks, I have the privilege of preaching at two, a couple more different churches, different than this one. And here's what I know. I know I can step in to the those places and be one with them. Amen. Because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of who he is. 
because of what he's done in my life, because of what he's done in their life. We need to understand, in the body of Christ, relationships are primary. We need to have relationships with men and women around us who can call into question, who can challenge us, who can encourage us, who can strengthen us. Why? Because it's the prayer of Jesus that we would be one. That's why, when, you know, I, I, I know I keep coming back to this, but that's why when we, we, we talk about the Scripture, know that l- those that labor among you, part of that is knowing where, where, where are the spiritual roots? Where are past relationships? What are they like? Why? Because it's important. It's important to know. Are we connected? Are we one? I thank God for the men and women in, in my life that spoke into my life, and many are seated in this room, when I lost my wife of 40 years. I thank God for you. I thank God, I thank God we were one. And I thank God for the men and women in my life who when I began to transition into another relationship, were one in my life. And I could walk in the light with, and I, I could call upon to keep, help us stay pure. Could help us process things. You know, we need one another. We need those in our life that we're one with. And Here's the deal. Jesus says that's one way, one of the ways listed here, that the world will know that the Father sent the Son. Do you know that us being gathered here today along with other very good congregations all throughout this city and region, do you realize that we keep it in front of the world? Remember, Jesus started out this whole thing saying, I don't pray for the world, I pray for those I'm sending into the world. Do you know that you and I are a sign and a wonder that Jesus really was sent by the Father? Now, people can believe it or not believe it. That's up to them. But the reality is, and that's why there's such a warfare. We talked a little bit about it last week and about the Antichrist spirit. I said last week, I'll say it again. We need to be careful. We don't take it too personal because it isn't about you. It's about Jesus. It's about God the Father. It's about the Holy Spirit. It's about uh, the truth. Whether it's on pages written and inspired by the Holy Spirit or spoken by men and women who know the truth. That's what's being assaulted. And Jesus said we would be. I reminded you last week when he sent this, I think it was the 70 out or the 72, depending on your translation. He said, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. So we shouldn't be surprised if our oneness doesn't make everybody happy. 
But we should understand that because of the opposition that sometimes arises, we need the oneness. We need you. I need you. This body needs you. That the world might know. I know we've got quirks. I just read a post some, uh, on Facebook of someone that's dear to me that just made it clear that they've been hurt by the church. And I understand that. I think we all have. But the reality is we go on. And we grow through it, and we grow together through it. I've been hurt by the church. And I don't, and, and I'm very aware as a leader, I probably, I, well, I don't have to say probably, I know I've done some hurting of others. Wasn't intentional, but that doesn't diminish the validity of it. And I've had to process things with people. But we're still one. Even as the Father and Son are one. And we're being made more one. And I believe in the days in which we're living. Uh, where I, uh, I personally feel it's going to get a bit dicey. We need one another. We need to have brothers and sisters around us. Who we know have our back. And we have theirs. That the world may know. We read that scripture and we have a tendency to think, well, once the world knows for surely they're going to just open up their arms to Jesus. Someone recently said, I presented the gospel to them. I spent hours with them and they rejected it. And it was like, you know, for you and I, it's hard for us to understand or it's so precious. The gospel is so precious. The, and so simple. And yet, not everyone receives it. Jesus told a parable, and in the parable of the seed and the sower, only one-fourth of the seed fell on ground that bore fruit in the future for any long term. Most evangelistic res uh, 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 organizations will tell you, is that mine? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> sister, sister. See, we need one another. That's my sister. She's been a sister a long time. That's my brother. <laughs> been a brother a long time. We're going to be releasing them into the next season of their life in about, what is it, three weeks? It's not going to be easy. Why? <laughs> because we're one, man. <laughs> but because we're one, we can let go.
This is important to Jesus. So the world would know, yes. But so we would know. We're part of something that's alive and vibrant. The church is not an organization. It's an organism. We're living stones. And we're put into a wall. And sometimes we're taken out of that wall. And put into another wall. But that it's not going to change anything. We're still going to be one. <laughs> that the world will know. He uses that statement again. In verse 23, unity that the world might know, love of God the Father that the world might know. The ability for you and I to walk in love. The ability for you and I to uh, carry the message of the gospel, which is a message of love, will cause the world to know. Now again, there's a difference between knowing and accepting. There's a difference between knowing and believing. See, I believe almost everybody on the planet has got to believe there was a man named Jesus who split time in half, B.C., A.D. That's kind of unquestionable. The question that everyone must come to grips with, and our unity helps present it, and our love helps present it, is, is he who he said he was, and did he do what he said he'd do? My life... And your life shines as a light that says, yes, <laughs> he is who he said he is, and he does what he said he'll do, and he keeps doing it over and over again. And here's the deal. I'm going to talk to this side of the room. Here's the deal. It's way better than we thought. He's gooder than good. He's more awesome than awesome. That's the abundant life he talked about, by the way. That's what abundance means. It means whatever amount you come up with will drizzle on more. You fill this room with marbles, we'll fill the lobby too. I don't know why we'd fill them with marbles. I just, I just want us to get the, 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 the magnitude of the abundance. I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. That's our God. And he's abundant with his love, and we get to be abundant with his love. And the reality is that as you and I go, putting on display the unity of God, by the way, can I say this? Be careful how you talk about the church out there. And I mean... This church, I, I'm not just talking about this church, the church down the road, this church, that church. The, every once in a while I hear 
comments, and it's like, oh, my spirit. Ugh. Because of the spirit, capital S. Ugh. And I'll have to confess, there's been times when I've been guilty of this. And the Lord has been pulling me up short. Uh, you and I are, our, Jesus sent us into the world to be lovers, not judges. Amen. Here come the judge. Here come the judge. No, 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 I am not the judge and neither are you. We're lovers. Lovers of God and lovers of people. Love the Lord thy God with your whole heart and your neighbor as yourself. We're just lovers. And we should be good ones. But here's the deal. And I want to take us to the gospel of Mark for just a minute. And then we'll come back to this. Gospel of Mark, chapter 16. He said to them, verse 15, Go into all the world. Remember, we're talking about the world. Remember, the prayer of Jesus was about the world and our interaction with it. And preach the gospel to every creature do you realize that means if you want to, you can preach the gospel to your dog? <laughs> he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up ser serpents, and if they drink anything deadly... It will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. I've got really good news for you when it comes to unity and when it comes to being a lover of people, the Lord works with you. The apostles in Acts chapter 4, I believe it is, they prayed for greater boldness because the boldness they had got them in trouble. So they prayed for more. Welcome to being a disciple. And he said, uh, and, you know, and prayed for boldness and that signs and wonders might be done, Lord, by you stretching out your hand. I thought he was in heaven. He is. But he gets to stretch out his hand through you and through me. Remember, he said to the disciples when he was preparing them for his departure, my father and I will not leave you orphans, but we'll come and I will make our home in you. You need to know when you go, wherever you go in your world, you are a carrier of the person of Jesus Christ and that he is a working with you to be a person of unity or a person of peace is another way to say it. And we'll look at that in a minute. Or the reality is, and he works through you to be a lover of people.
Now, here's the deal. It says signs and wonders will follow. The challenge you and the problem we sometimes have is sometimes they follow a long ways behind us. Don't ever measure your fruitfulness by what you see. I had someone recently tell me that I prayed for them at a meeting and I vaguely remember it and they got healed some 24 years ago. I didn't know that. I had somebody else say to me, you gave me a word at such and such a time, which I don't remember at all, and they said, I'm walking it out now. Thank you. What's my point? My point is this. Don't worry about what follows you. I mean, don't worry about the signs that follow. Many times we do not recognize how fruitful we've been. It's a tra- well, I don't want to say it's a tragedy. It's kind of sad sometimes that it, it, it isn't until the person's funeral that everyone is, yeah, oh, what an awesome person. How about we just tell people that while they're still living? I'm serious. And it's not that we're there to pump them up. If they're, if they're in Christ, you can't pump them up. Life will pump them down. What did he just say? I said, in the world you'll have tribulation. That's more scriptural. But be of good cheer, Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord, the Lord, not a Lord, the Lord delivers. And that is a reality. People need to be encouraged with who they are. That's one of, the, one of the responsibilities of us who are one. We encourage one another. We build up one another. That's the, encur- that's the purpose of prophecy. Build up, stir up, and cheer up. You can say, well, that's just flattery. No, it's not. It's the word of the Lord. It's the heart of God. So the world will know by our love, and the world will know by our unity that the Father sent the Son. Can I encourage you that it doesn't matter whether you look at the gifts of the Spirit as listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, or the gifts of the Spirit listed in uh, Romans chapter 12, or whether you look at the gifts of the Spirit somewhat listed in Peter, or if you looked at the fivefold gifts listed in Ephesians, they've all got one thing in common. They are by the grace of God. You look at all those scriptures and you'll see woven in there somewhere is the mention of the grace of God. And the Apostle Paul said it concerning his life. You know, we look at a ministry like the Apostle Paul and all the stuff he did and all he went through and we say, wow, 
That's amazing. And he would say, I am what I am by the grace of God. In me, that is in my natural man or in my flesh, he would go on to say, dwells no good thing. It is by the grace of God. And if it's by the grace of God, why do we beat ourselves up? Because we aren't what we should be. Instead of celebrating who we are and being the best version of that. You are you, that's truer than true. There's no one alive that's youer than you. Dr. Seuss. And it's so true. And when it comes to this whole thing of reaching the lost and going out into the world and evangelism, the thing that we do so often is beat ourselves up because we're not doing it right. Who said so? That's between you and God, but don't let it become between you and anybody else. You be the best version of you you can be, and I encourage you to grow into a better version of you every day, week, month, year, and decade. I think we're constantly growing, and we're constantly changing who we are. But the reality is, you are who you are, and no matter where you go, there you are. You And my encouragement to you this morning is be you. In your world, be you. Just be you. Do it. Do it. They that are led of the Spirit, these are the children of God. Follow the inward voice. Let Him lead you. Let Him guide you. But don't undersell or diminish who you are. He who had some authority to speak on the matter said, you are the light of the world. He who had some authority to speak on the matter said, you are the salt of the earth. So go about your business deliberately being light and deliberately being salt the way that you do. Now you can grow in that. You can desire to grow in that, but don't let any preacher, including this one, put a load on your back that he or anyone else can't carry. Just saying. This message is very important to me because it took me a lot of years to get comfortable with who I was. Because I was always, as a pastor, I was always trying to be something different than who I was. But somewhere along the line, I realized I can't be anybody else but who I am. So, doggone it, I'm going to be the best version of me that I could ever be. And I'm going to grow in my ability to be the version of me. But this is what you get. You get me. And I trust by the grace of God that we get you. You don't have to pretend you're somebody you're not. You don't have to read a book and say, well, I think I'll do that. Now... I'll say this, if the Holy Spirit says, read this book, learn from it, that's different. But there's got to come within the heart and the mind of a believer that they are enough. With the indwelling Christ and the leadership of the Holy Spirit and the love of God the Father, you are enough. 
But be intentional about being enough. That's my encouragement to you this morning. Recognize when you go into your world, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Do you realize that none of the disciples went into all the world? Do you realize that the gospel still hasn't gone into all the world? But various people went into their world and into portions of the world that the Lord sent them. And they let their light shine and they became salt. And here we are today, almost 2,000 years later, You want a sign and a wonder? I reminded you last week that of, of the story of David going out to face Goliath and he tried, he was encouraged to put on Saul's armor. And we know from the description of who Saul was in stature and who David was in stature, it had to be quite a picture. Oh my gosh. You ever seen a boy wear a father's suit? Kind of funny. And David knew he couldn't fight with that armor. And I want to encourage you, you can't fight with someone else's armor either. You can't go into the world and fight the, the adversary and fight the battle in someone else's armor. Use the armor that is prepared for you. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Girt your loins with truth. Take up the shield of faith and recognize that your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel, which is a gospel of peace. Everybody say peace. The gospel that you... This is why some of us struggle. With feeling like what we do is adequate. Because we feel like we're too peaceful. We're too, we're, too, we're too mild. We're too... You be who God designed you to be. And recognize that you're planting and watering and cultivating and doing... You know, God, Jesus used the analogy of the seed. And so scripture uses it about planting water. But God always gives the increase. Be content with planting and watering and recognize that you have a part in a process. Here's what I believe. I believe peop most people come to the Lord through a series of mini, M-I-N-I, mini, small decisions. And you can be an influencer in their decisions all along the way. They might come to the place where they believe, oh, maybe there is a God. They come to the place to the, where they believe, oh, maybe Jesus was real. They come to the place to where they finally believe, oh, maybe the Bible is relevant. And, and there's many decisions that most people make about the story and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you be, you be at peace with your, your helping in that process because they, like you, are on a spiritual journey.
Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org. Thank you.